is a maniac who seeks to end us all. We have to stop him. Are you packed? Yes. A hand grenade? No. It's a portable speaker. On July 8th, another classic Thor adventure. Yes. More love. More thunder. And slick. Should we help him? And eventually. Great. For Love and Thunder, rated PG-13 in theaters July 8th. Bonus episode. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover, counterculture, pushover. Pop culture. Leftover. And the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Hello, this is Randall Park, and you are listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Hey, welcome to a bonus episode of Pop Culture Leftovers. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And with this episode, we're going to be talking about our uh, reactions to Thor Love and Thunder. I've actually got a guest on with us today that has seen the movie as well as myself. And Jake and Joe haven't seen the movie, and they're going to be asking us some questions about Thor Love and Thunder. Welcome, Joe Stark. Hey, excited to be here. And uh, also have uh, from Cinefied.com, the newly rebranded Cinefied.com, Connor. Welcome, Connor. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Great to talk. Yeah, man. Uh, so we got a chance to see Thor Love and Thunder on Wednesday, and that it's going to be coming out, uh, what is it, Thursday? I mean, they all promoted on Friday the, on the 8th, but uh, it will be dropping on Thursday. But we had a chance to see the movie, and I have, you know, I have an opinion about the film and a rating and everything formed. I am seeing it at least a couple more times, so, um, you know... Uh, it'll be interesting when we do have our full spoiler review next week, but um, I do. Connor, do you have a rating? I'm curious, and you don't have don't rate it right now, but I'm curious if you had a rating. Uh, I have a rating for my own site, so I can definitely come up with one for for your rating system for sure. Okay, yeah, let me go ahead and play the rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to rate it, Connor, we can we can start off with that. Uh, go ahead and tell me, you know, if you want to tell me your thoughts on the movie as far as, like, how you felt about it and then getting into your rating, that's fine. But I want to hear what you have to say, Connor. Sure. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'll start off. Uh, I think it's a high taste it for me. Uh, I don't think it's a perfect film by any means. I actually think it's uh, it's not as great as Ragnarok uh, in my eyes. Uh, I do. I have such high faith in, in Taika's abilities as a director. I've loved every single thing he's done uh, thus far in his career. And so I was just hoping it was going to be another 
a great mix of, of Marvel with his comedy. And he delivers a lot, uh, but I do think there's definitely some downfalls with the film and some downfalls that I wasn't expecting uh, that were carried over from the, uh, from Ragnarok. But, oh. yeah, that's my initial thoughts. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I had no idea what you were going to rate it, man. I had no idea what you were going to rate it at all. So... I was kind of all over the place right out of the theater, so but that's yeah. the what I've come to is high tasted. I am right now sitting at, and this could change uh, upon second and third viewing. Right now, I'm sitting at a taste it for this one, and um, by no means am I saying this is a bad movie. And this is going to please a, this movie is going to please a lot of people. I think a lot of people are going to go into this and absolutely love it. So. Don't 100% take my taste it as basically a bad thing. Because I did enjoy the movie. I do think that Ragnarok, like you said, is better. And I also, there's something that Jake said on a previous podcast where he was like, man, you know, I, you know, I love Taika. One thing I'm worried about is how menacing and how badass and how scary gore is going to be in the movie and I feel like man what I'm going to say here a lot of people are not going to really love but I feel like Taika kind of sacrifices the menacing kind of like um, and I and he is he is a bad villain but I think a lot of it is sacrificed for a lot of the jokes that are going on in the movie it's, a, it's very humorous there's jokes being thrown out fast and furious throughout this film it's almost like it's almost like taika's competing with like the deadpool writers to get how many jokes that he can get into a movie they're they're flying very fast and furious but i think it does take away from more time spent with gore and i think in a movie and and i'm not even saying that had you know i love the jason aaron comic books that dealt with this character and i feel like the character was more menacing and and uh scary in the comics and and uh but even without the comic books let's say i've never read a jason aaron comic i still think going into this the villain gore is not quite up there in the upper like echelon is concerned as far as like villains are in the marvel cinematic universe um in no way does it even get close to a Thanos-level type villain. And I'm not saying that you have to have a Thanos-level type villain for every movie. That's very hard to do. But um, it's uh, a very, I think, uh, a very truncated kind of story, that we origin story that we get with gore. And, yeah, I, that's my biggest problem with the movie is probably the handling of the villain. I would rather have seen a little bit more. This is where people are going to hate me. I would rather have seen more Zack Snyder type villain shit going on in this than I would what Taika did. I, Because uh, I love the humor that Taika brings to his movies and his style, but it just... I think working with like a a villain the with from the comics that's so iconic like Gore it just didn't 
it didn't work for me. It did, he wasn't the director to handle this type of villain. I think it really worked in Ragnarok with like the Grand Master and all that stuff. That stuff was great, and it was so different. But this movie just felt like it was more of the same uh, from Ragnarok, and really not a not a huge change there. So, um, yeah, I guess we can get into the movie a little bit more uh i'm sure you guys have some questions joe i know you had some questions for us and we'll answer depending on like how spoilery it'll it'll get so (laughs) go ahead shoot joe okay yeah and i tried to focus my questions down to to really look at it be like am i asking them to reveal a spoiler like Ago, am I asking a question that you know I'm putting you guys in a position where you can't even answer? And so a lot of my questions more deal with how did you feel about things that we know already exist from all the different you know trailers and in interviews and stuff that different actors and and you know Taika has done. Uh, one thing about the trailers, and uh, I did talk to Connor about this. Is it's actually the second trailer? I can't believe shots from the third act are in that trailer like i think important shots and if you don't have these trailers memorized now here's the thing it's like i do these trailer breakdowns for (laughs) for our show so i've i've seen these trailers multiple 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 times and talked about these trailers at length and so going into the third act and knowing that oh we haven't seen that scene from the trailer so I I can expect that to happen here later in the movie. I was just kind of I was shocked that some of those scenes from the third act actually made it into the trailers because if you if you are like one of these people that just memorize every detail about these trailers sticks out like a th- like a like a, th- a sore thumb. I said a Thor thumb <laughs> sticks out <laughs> sticks out like a sore thumb i'm wanting to say thor anyway so what do you think connor um i think the like i i stayed away from the second and third trailer uh besides when i was forced to before seeing any other movie uh but pretty much uh, the biggest takeaway that i i think that uh, as far as the trailer i don't think it I I didn't think it spoiled a ton as far as the first teaser trailer at all. I think a lot of that's like the opening shots. Um, but the uh, I think the biggest difference that I, I was expecting from the trailer to the movie was was Zeus. Like we got so little of Zeus and the little bit I saw of the trailers. Like yeah, I was avoiding the trailers, but the little bit I saw, I just thought he would act so different. And um, I, I I I'm kind of back and forth on how I I feel about how they handled Russell Crowe in the film. Um, I think he was tr- kind of trying to be the um, the Jeff Goldblum of this film. It felt kind of, but um, yeah. The I, I I honestly didn't have a lot of thoughts about the trailers of the film because I try to stay as far away from them as I could. So what, I could be more. No, it's fine. What about like quotes, Joe? Are you talking also about like quotes from Taika about the movie and how they lined up with yeah, the actual? Pretty much anything that's accessible right now. Like I, I'm not going to ask you anything that's a direct spoiler. But, you know, I, I, I watched a lot of interviews leading up to this and, you know, I've watched the trailers as well. And so I've just kind of more specific questions about how you guys felt about certain things that I know for sure are going to be in the movie because we've already seen it in a trailer. I'm so, sure that Taika, you know, like he had his quotes about and I can't I'll, I can't say them verbatim, but basically, um, you know, about Bale being like, 
you know, the, the best Marvel villain, you know. Yeah, and, well, he, he said that he tested uh, highest among test audiences in, in terms of, he said no other MCU villain had tested as high. Um, and so I guess I'm really curious, um, you said that you felt a little bit let down with Bale, only it, it sounded like more because of just the way that Taika handled it. Um, do you think that more stems back to just your connection with the source material? Do you think people that probably don't have that connection, they've never read the comics, do you think that the character will just work better for them because they're not going in with any level of expectation? I even said that even without having read any of the comics, I don't, I just don't see that this being like one of the most iconic villains that they've had, even with Bale's performance, which I think was good. And Connor might have a completely different view on this than me. I have no, I have no background with the comics, to be perfectly honest. Uh, But watching it just from someone going in, liking the Marvel films and, and loving Bale as an actor, I I personally thought Bale delivered a fantastic performance uh, as this villain. But uh, I also like just from the name of the villain, I, it, I feel like the film lets his name down, and I, I just feel like um, I feel like he's just kind of there uh, for some of the film, and he's just there to be menacing. But I, I feel like a lot of his actions just feel kind of empty and and uh, don't have a lot of weight to them. I, I I don't think he's by any means the worst MCU villain. I, I right. think Bale's performance heightens his uh, the whole role, but I do think it's a bit of a letdown for what I was thinking it would be. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I mean, it's it's one of the. I think Bale, like, yeah, he acting wise, I think he did a fantastic job. I think it's really what they gave him in this compared to what I guess I was expecting with. This whole, I mean, his name is Gore the God Butcher. And so, I mean, I guess I was expecting just a little bit more from that. And I guess I was expecting a little bit more from him in the third act as well. So, do you guys think that it was Taika's choice to even use Gore? Like, do you think it could be a situation where they're like, here's this modern, iconic villain? please incorporate him into the next movie. And that's maybe why the ball was dropped a little bit. I mean, kind of like how they implemented Venom and, and the same Raimi Spider-Man three. Yeah. A little bit like that. I mean, in this scenario, it wasn't like he had villain a, and then was forced to also use villain B, but yeah, a little bit, a little bit similar to that. From everything that we, from everything that we've ever heard about any of these directors that are doing any of these projects, it's not, that's not the case. Like we, when we hear about James Gunn working with Marvel, it's basically they say, you know, like with Guardians of the Galaxy, it was like, here's the characters that you can use. You yeah, know, that's and, true. And he can just go from there. I feel like Taika did want to kind of do something a little bit different than the last movie and give us like this major Thor, you know, villain uh, probably the biggest Thor villain we've had probably within the last decade in the comics and give us something a little bit different with that. Um, I, from everything that I've ever heard coming out of like Marvel and I think James Gunn is the most transparent when it comes to this shit. I don't think that they fucking said, I don't think that they said, we want you to do a story with Gore go. Yeah. 
And, and Thor's one of those characters where there's not really, it's not like Batman where there's a fucking laundry list of iconic villains. I mean, it's pretty much Loki and then Gore, right? I mean, everything else is kind of a, a B tier, C tier villain for the character. They've never really had like a great rogues about or gallery for that character. I mean, yeah, you're looking at, I mean, even with, yeah, it's, it's like, and then it's Malekith who they've also used before. Yeah, yeah, the Destroyer comes to mind, and they did that in the first movie yeah. already. Like, it's there's really not much of a well to draw from. There. And forgive me, I haven't read every Walt Simonson comic from, you know, years ago, but I've read a few. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's – I mean, if you're picking from, like, some of, like, the best villains, I think that they've gone through quite a few of them here recently. So Yeah, they did Hella. I mean, really the only one left on the table is Enchantress, and I think that would be way too close to stuff they've already done at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if they're just going to start creating creating villains just outside of the comics uh, for four to go up against. That would be cool. I wish they would do that in one of these movies. A movie-exclusive villain. I think that would be a smart idea. Um, w- one of my favorite things about the Gore character in the comics is his um, sword, um, All Black, the Necro Sword. Do you, did you guys feel like they did justice to that in the movie? I don't. Oh, that's disappointing. I mean, it's. I, I, Connor might have different thoughts, but I mean. Uh. I don't know. I mean, there are times where there's a time where like one character references like how, you know, that they're that that they know that they know what that sword does and how powerful it is. Um, But I wouldn't say. I mean, it doesn't compare to like, you know, like. God, I hate to fucking try to compare everything to like Endgame or Infinity War, but it's like it's definitely doesn't have like the weight of like an Infinity Gauntlet when it comes to like fearing that weapon. I I didn't really have any fear for that. It just kind of seemed like any other sword. I didn't. Uh, I mean, it, it it really didn't strike me as that menacing. Um, I I don't know. I I feel like if if it was meant to be like this really big menacing weapon for all the gods to fear, I just I, just, I personally didn't feel it in the film. I mean, you, when you look at when you watch the Infinity Gauntlet, they're all everybody's trying to get that gauntlet off of Thanos' hands, and it felt like the the like the, in this, it wasn't like the major thing is like we got to get that sword away from him. It was just like an aesthetic look and not really focused on as a a plot device then, huh? Yeah. Mm, That's unfortunate. What about um, to shift away from gore? It's been quite a while since we've seen the Guardians in anything. How how were those interactions? Was that some fun stuff? Connor, I'll let you take this one first. Sure. Um, They're they're only in it briefly, to be honest. Uh, But I think... I think their little interactions uh, were, uh, like, I know James Gunn had a factor into some of their dialogue there, and I think it worked. Their bit on screen, I think, really worked. I do wish there was more of them, but I I think I'm just longing for the next Guardians of the Galaxy film, to be honest. Yeah, Yeah, and we'll get that holiday special, too, before even the movie. Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah, I hear the holiday special is going to be focused on uh, Mantis and Drax a lot. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Anyway, 
Yeah, they were fine. They were fine. The the guardians were fine. It was it was nice to have them uh, at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I guess uh, um, uh, one more question, real quick, Joe. I guess a transition from the guardians. How how was the music? Is it one of my minor complaints about Ragnarok is that they double down on the uh, Led Zeppelin song. I love it the first time they use it, but then when it comes back, it feels a little cheap. Do they? Do they use multiple songs in this movie, or is it just one song used multiple times? They use multiple Guns N' Roses songs. That, that's exciting. Yeah. I, Connor, I guess my biggest problem is that we didn't get the seat in an IMAX with, like, the volume cranked. And I think next time, my next viewing, seeing it in an IMAX, that music's going to hit a little harder. Yeah, that, that was definitely a disappointment. <laughs> yeah. So, but... Yeah, I, I think the music, uh, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting it to be a, a big show with the music. Uh, I mean, Taika did, did pretty good with uh, Ragnarok, but I mean, when I think music and Marvel, I just think James Gunn. Oh, um, yeah. So I, I wasn't really expecting much. I, I mean, it, it had some good, good 80s rock for sure and 90s rock, but I wasn't wowed by it. Uh, how did this movie rank for you guys, like among the the other things we've gotten in Phase Four so far? Uh, off the top of my head, leaving the theater, I still i i think I think Doctor Strange was better. I think Multiv- Multiverse of Madness is a better movie, in my opinion. Um, does it have problems too? In my opinion, yes. Uh. Does this movie not have the same problems? Yes. But because like the whole multiverse and incursions and all that stuff is super confusing. And that's one of my problems with multiverse of madness. This has nothing to do with the multiverse, but I think I still think it has other problems, but I like multiverse of madness better. I still think Shang-Chi is fantastic. I love the Loki series, but um where are you at, Connor, with this one in Phase 4? Uh, as far as the films, because I still have not really dived into the shows, uh, but as far as the films, I think, personally, Doctor Strange was just so different for me that it stands out, and I just love everything that Sam Raimi did with that. I, I think this is kind of like straight like near the middle, towards the bottom. Um, my least favorite so far has been Eternals, and then... Uh, Black Widow, and it's kind of up between uh, this and Shang Chi for me. But uh, I mean, I I, pers- I I enjoyed a good good amount of this film and a good amount of Shang Chi, and I had issues with both. But uh, the Doctor Strange, I just left wowed. So that that's definitely the top of the list. So did you change your rating on Doctor Strange because you were at a high taste? It. Uh, yeah, I've, I've I've seen it a couple times since we talked and yeah i i would bump it up to it's it's still uh like a i would bump it up to a tubbleware overall but it, it's like kind of leaning it's like uh it's like it's the highest it tastes it's in a tubbleware but i i personally like love it i don't think any of the marvel films in phase four to me are like like out of the theater they're tupperwares well that's just me yeah shang chi was definitely that for me I love those characters the most out of any of the the films, so Chang Chi and uh, yeah. and uh, and the uh, Mandarin coming back. 
I, yeah. I loved all every character in that film. I loved. I just I was not a fan of the third act much, so that's what dropped it for me for Shang Chi. I hate to say like I can't say like oh this is at the bottom because it's not, and this is gonna like audiences are gonna I think audiences are gonna watch this and have a great time, and maybe people won't have the same problems as as I did with the villain. Um, but, uh, cause I think, cause I think overall it's going to be, it's going to be a fun movie. People will be able to forgive certain things or I think it's, I think it's going to be a crowd pleaser. You're going to see a lot of people enjoy this, um, because they're not going to be as critical as with a Marvel villain as, as maybe myself or, or someone else. So, And it's still, the, it's still good. Oh, I mean, it's no, it's. I'm just saying, it's a, it's a good movie. It's it, it it is a good movie, and I'm glad that it exists and that 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 it's it's out there and we can watch it and it's going to be a lot of fun. But I just I didn't leave this one just like wow, like the way I left with Ragnarok. I felt like Ragnarok. That was the first time that Taika played this trick, you know. And I feel like this is the second time he's done this trick, and it doesn't feel as different. <laughs> it's a lot different watching a Thor movie post Dark World than it is post Ragnarok. Yeah, I think he, so I hear what you're saying. <laughs> he did it like he reinvented like the way that we think about Thor and the way that we view these movies. And it's like he found like it's like he did watch like the first Thor movie and he saw like that fish out of water and all, the humor that was there. And he's like, you know what? Chris Hemsworth can be funny. I can. And, and he was working with Loki in that Ragnarok movie as well. And. And it it was just different. He like reinvented the character for that movie, and I feel like he just kind of like pulled the same trick out of his hat and didn't show us anything really new. And that's what I would have liked. I would have liked the villain to be a little bit more darker and menacing. That's kind of like why I compared it to Zack Snyder because that's what Zack Snyder is known to do: is give us like very dark villains and shit like that. I'm not saying I want a Zack Snyder film. I'm just saying I want a darker villain. I feel more stakes. So, yeah. Does this scare you for like Taika Star Wars? Cause like he's obviously going to need a villain there. Like, is, is this something Taika is incapable of? No, I think like, I'm not scared for a Taika Star Wars. I think like the first Star Wars, the first Taika Star Wars movie will be certainly something different than we've ever seen from Star Wars before. It's just continuing with, him directing more and more Star Wars. I mean, yeah, I loved what he did with directing The Mandalorian, but, like, that's not his story. He's taking somebody else's story, you know, John Favreau and Filoni taking their story and, you know, putting his, you know, directorial stamp on it. Um, this movie kind of cemented for me that it's like, I, I, I love Taika's comedy, but the darker stuff, I, I think there. I, I think you need a guy like I think James Gunn is just like the guy. Like he can do both. It's crazy. Yeah. He's the guy. He can do both. He can make both the funny stuff hit hard, and then he can also make the villains super menacing. And when he doesn't want to make a villain super menacing, like he shows us this giant purple starfish, which <laughs> looks comical. But on the flip side, it was still super menacing. So it's, I don't know. James Gunn, James Gunn is just like, he's just, he's so super talented. A great storyteller. And, and Taika is in his own right. But man, like, because what he does in like what we do in the shadows and stuff like that, it's like, 
Like, it's so good. I just don't know if Tyke is the guy to give us gore. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, James Gunn has that horror background. He's just so much more versatile, it seems like. So, yeah, I agree with that. Would you guys, uh, how, speaking of Taika, how was Korg? Did Korg get a big part in this movie? Connor, I'm going to let you take yeah, this one, buddy. Like, I'll jump in on this. Uh, I actually, I, I love Korg and Ragnarok, but I uh, I did not really enjoy much in this at all. I, I oh, thought no. pretty much everything that was said by him, uh, aside from a few jokes, just totally just bounced and did not did not hit at all. I was actually kind of annoyed by Cork, to be totally honest. Uh, there, there was a, like two times during the feud, uh, the film that I uh, I did like laugh at something he said, but I, I just I don't know I, if Taika's Taika's humor uh, is just kind of running dry, or I, I don't know. But I, I did not like him in this film. I think it's because we got more Korg. Like we've talked about, mm. we've talked about like. You know, like, I think Melissa McCarthy is super funny. I do think she's funny. Like, when she's, like, in Bridesmaids and she doesn't have a big role and she's just kind of, like, the character that pops up and does something kind of, like, bizarre. And Korg was kind of, like, a little bit more reserved, I think, in Ragnarok. They didn't – I mean, he was used, but he wasn't used as much. This movie, he's, like – he's part of that fucking – you know, that – that reunited Revengers team, you know, it's like Valkyrie, Korg, Thor, and, but he gets like a bigger role. And so there's a lot of Korg being thrown at us throughout this movie. And I'm with Connor here. Like some of it worked for me. I think like there's a part where he sings where I thought it was kind of funny, but (laughs) I wasn't overall like laughing out loud, like the way I did with like his, quick he had like a dry quick humor in that first movie and i felt like maybe he tried did taika try to add more to korg's jokes in this one to where it just didn't land as because like that was the thing that i loved about korg in the first one it's like you know the the jokes about vampires and shit like that you know like the really (laughs) quick quick dry jokes that he made and i felt like he tried to maybe put in a little bit more dialogue and in this it seemed like he was overstaying his welcome a little bit with his uh he's just kind of i i saw an interview with him recently where uh it was like a bbc interview where he someone was like it's like i heard quirks narrating the story it's like and he's like he's like yeah dude of course why would i not want to put myself in my own film even more it's like that'd be stupid not to and uh, it's like yeah it's funny when i hear that interview but then after seeing the film it's like yeah uh, it's like he's might just be putting himself in his film a little too much. <laughs> I don't trust Heike <laughs> to give honest answers in any of these interviews, though. I, I've seen too many of these interviews that he's just playing people for fools, you know? I think he <laughs> plays up his arrogance for comedy's sake, even in those interviews. Well, he, you know, 100%, he does it on Twitter as well. Like, you know, talking <laughs> about how, well, what was the... He, oh, he! I can't remember the tweet. He, he, it was something about like you know the best movie, best you know, and it was like basically talking about himself or something. So <laughs> he's very, he's not self-deprecating at all. He's very much the opposite and tries to pull it off in a humorous way. And I, and he's funny. He's super funny. I mean, he's very funny. I just 
Yeah, I think I I think there's a little too much Korg in this one. I like the I like just using him sparingly, and when he says something, it's just like it's super funny. There's just a lot of it was it was Korg overload for me. Yeah, Taika can't be overbearing. I mean, I think he's like the worst part of Free Guy, which is a really good movie. Yeah, he like kind of goes overboard in that. Oh God, so yeah, like, he, he fucking hams it up. What was that, Connor? So he's by far the worst part of Free Guy. I, yeah. I love Free Guy, and and I just when he comes on screen, I'm like, maybe they could have probably got someone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's almost distracting <laughs> from everything else that's going on. Uh, one of the things I saw Taika mention in an interview is that this movie has really wild cameos in it. Did you guys think he delivered on that? I I don't. I I think that I mean that's. I was just talking to someone right before this podcast about that, that uh, I, I personally don't think there's really m- many cameos at all. I was actually kind of uh, let down by that. I thought there would be, I mean, there's the guardians if you want to count them. What do you think, yeah. Brian? Well, I mean, we do know, I mean, it's, this is not a spoiler. This is stuff that's already out there, but we already know that, you know, Matt Damon was returning uh, yeah, we, I was going to ask about the theater troupe. Oh, I already forgot, but that just went over my head. My bad. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, we knew that Melissa McCarthy was in this movie. Um, there was the rumor, and we even reported it on a previous episode that Lena Headey was going to show up in the movie. Now there's articles out there you can read them of why she's not in the movie. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, there's some cameos, and there's some cameos, but um, and I. Th- I think the, I think the Matt Damon stuff and what's Chris Hemsworth's other brother, not Liam, the one from Westworld, Luke. Yeah, Luke. I think, I think that I think Damon and Luke were the best personally. What about um? It seems like the center of this movie is the relationship between uh, Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. How did how did that aspect play out for you guys? That fucking worked. I think. I think that I like. I'm glad you asked that question, Jake, because I think that that fucking is the best part of this movie is the relationship between those two. That's what hit me the the most in this movie was, and I think Mighty Thor is awesome. I fucking love Mighty Thor. So I really like that. I don't, Connor, I don't know what you thought. Uh, no, I thought that was the best part of the film was their relationship together. I, I didn't really care for their relationship in the first or second story <laughs> at all. No one did. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone. Uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I, I was very uh, just kind of like, okay, I guess she's going to be in this film. And then when their whole relationship develops throughout the film, it, uh, I personally think it's by far the best part of the film. I mm. was the most invested in their characters over any other characters. But with her being back, you uh, you get an annoying character from the previous films too, which which was unfortunate. But do it like for how long though? You know, As for one scene, but <laughs> is one Connor scene a Darcy hater? Is that what's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys were happy with the the new stuff that that Taika gave um uh Natalie Portman to do in this movie then? I was very happy. Like this is the, that's like to see like that's why I don't want to say like oh th- don't see this movie. 
Like you, I think you have to see this movie for the Mighty Thor storyline, for um, the the relationship between Thor and Jane Foster. Like that's the best part of this movie. Like if it was just that, if the movie was, if I could just rate the movie on that alone, yeah, it's a Tupperware because that is that is awesome. Like. You know, I did get there. I got emotional at certain parts between between that. And I laughed at certain things like Taika really did a great job of pulling uh, her character back into the Thor storyline and making it mean something and making Mighty Thor uh, important to the story. Um, It's I mean, there's no missteps there, in my opinion. I think the missteps for me are are going back to gore and it has nothing to do with bail. It has everything to do with, I guess, what I was expecting from, from the character. Um, you know, especially with the quotes that Taika had about him. So, Joe, I think you'll be happy with that. What do you think, Connor? Yeah, I, as far as Natalie Portman goes, I, I just... There's a, a scene that... Uh, I'm not trying to spoil anything, but there's a scene, it's a montage scene, and that made me... Uh, really feel for these two's relationship and, and are really invested me in them from start to finish. And I, I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was rooting for them to come out of the end together. Um, like from start to finish. So I, I, I was shocked by how much I, I really enjoyed, uh, Jane Foster. I, hey, Connor, did they ever, and this is really not a spoiler cause nobody will know what I'm talking about, except for you and yeah. the people that have seen it. When she whispers to Thor, was it yeah. ever revealed what she whispered? No, no, it wasn't. And I was wondering if that was like just for like people that read the comics, or if it, it was just kind of like a mystery thing. Because there's another like iconic film that I can't think of right now where someone whispers at the end of the movie, and you don't know what they said, and then the movie's over. Okay, but, here's theory number one: she whispered, "It's Morbin time." theory number two Thor is going to pass along what she said to another character that we're introduced Uh, to and we'll find what do you think what do you think no I think that's that's 100% correct Uh, I think just as soon as you said that I was like yeah that's that's what's going to happen next time that character comes on screen yeah uh, sometime they're going to say whatever she said i don't yeah that would be the greatest uh way to reveal what she said yeah i agree i agree hopefully it's something good i hope so i hope so (laughs) i feel like they haven't written it yet (laughs) can i take a guess at connor's whisper movie that he can't remember yeah go for it is it lost in translation it is lost in translation that was good oh i love that movie nice (laughs) yep uh, the what yep that's it Thank you. Uh, concerning the overall plot for this movie, did it feel solid, or did you walk away from this movie feeling like there were some holes in it that were bugging you? Not not asking you to tell me what any of those holes were, if, if they exist. Just if you if you walked away with that feeling. I personally felt like, I don't know if there were any plot holes, but I feel like there were certain things in the story that you didn't need to do, and you could have had a different or better outcome without doing certain story beats or introducing certain things into the story. I don't know. It's a hard, that's a hard one 
to get into uh, until we get into like the main spoiler episode. What do you think, Connor? I think there's definitely some some uneven pacing, um, and uh, some of it's it definitely it just feels kind of like it shouldn't it shouldn't have been in the film at all. Uh, but uh, I mean, I as like like you were saying, I don't think there's really any plot holes. I think it's a pretty like straightforward plot in this one, and like I could kind of guess where it was going um, for a good chunk and then there's like spots where it's like okay what what is this scene and then it jumps back into like oh I know where it's going again but I had more plot holes with Doctor Strange which was fine yeah uh, but I just like this this was I, I didn't really see any plot holes I mean it was just kind of like go from one place to the next place to the next place and it just it didn't it just kind of seemed sometimes rushed yeah, and then, I agree and with then that. And there was that one scene, which I, I won't say, and you probably won't even know what I'm talking about, but the uh, there's a scene that I just think they take way too much time in. And and I, I just don't think the, most of the comedy during that, that scene, uh, aside from a few jokes, works. Hmm. Did this movie feel consequential to you guys? That's a good question. Um, I think that there are... Like, will this movie matter? Yeah, exactly. I th- definitely sets it up, right? I mean, there's there's things going forward in the Thor story, like, that has changed the landscape for this character going forward in future films. That's a yes, then, I would say. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree, Connor? Yeah, I, I mean, agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Did you guys leave the theater with like a sense of excitement for what could be to come then? Uh, it, it was a mixed yeah. reaction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know you guys have said uh, Korg was kind of a step down from Ragnarok. Uh, how about another returning character? How about uh, Valkyrie? I liked her better in Ragnarok. What do you think? I, I liked her better in Ragnarok too. I, I, I felt like she was just kind of put in there. Um, I mean, she was fine. I, I didn't really have any um, any grievances with her, but I, I didn't love her. Um, I, I think uh, I think one other returning uh, four character was was pretty much wasted. I feel like she didn't really even show up except for a few scenes. I don't even know if she had any speaking lines. I really feel like. Oh, oh! Um, I know exactly who you're talking about. She had speaking lines. Did she? Okay. Well, yeah. I, I just, maybe that's when I I left the game. So yeah, that character we can kind of compare to like certain things that happened to. Oh man, it it happens in Star Wars movies. It happened to the Winter Soldier. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's who you're talking about, Connor. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that character headlines. Yeah. Um Oh, I was going to gonna... very many callbacks to Ragnarok in this. Like does it definitely feel like a sequel to to Ragnarok kind of like with certain things happening in the plot? There's there's a recap uh at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um but but it also recaps like Endgame as well, you know. So there's okay, a, yeah, that makes sense. There's a lot going. 
I guess my biggest problem with like getting back to Valkyrie is the fact that it feels like they really held back on the whole King Valkyrie part of it and like the whole new Asgard tease that we got in this. I never really got a chance to know what Asgard's rule was like underneath her and I don't know if I mean, God knows if they're holding on to all that for a Disney Plus new Asgard series starring Valkyrie, because that's the only, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of as to why they held back on a lot of that, because I didn't really get a feeling of, like, how new Asgard was being ruled underneath her. It just felt like it was just very, you know, from what we see in the trailers, it's just a very touristy area. So, yeah, but it's, it's yeah. there. It's a background setting. That's un- that's unfortunate. <laughs> What'd you think of New Asgard? Oh God, I will say, I will say, um, Connor, what did you think? And I'm gonna I'm gonna say something here real quick. Of New Asgard. Yeah, what did you think of New Asgard? I I mean, I think the aesthetics. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, Connor. I mean, I I feel like we don't we don't get a ton in. New Asgard. Uh, I, I mean, I, I I thought it was fine. <laughs> I I really liked that. There's there's a big uh, set piece inside that that uh, well, I guess it's a town, but uh, which which uh, just kind of seems like a London village. It doesn't really have anything of like that makes it seem like it's Asgard. I, I thought it was pretty pretty bland town. Besides uh, when they do a uh, like a overview of the entire city and you see like the flying ships and all that. I thought that was a cool shot but once we get into Asgard I, I, I just I didn't have much of an experience with it I I did laugh at the name of the ice cream shop within New Asgard I don't think I saw that okay okay minor spoiler here <laughs> it's an ice cream shop, and instead of it, it's it's the Infinity Gauntlet holding an ice cream cone, and it's called Infinity Cones. <laughs> <laughs> instead of Infinity Stones, it's called Infinity Cones, and I thought that I just think that that is like the funniest thing, and I thought it was super funny. Scene. You totally missed the ice cream shop. I totally did. Yeah, I I did not see that at all. Okay, that's great. I, I was in the theater during that, so that's crazy. yeah. I don't, I don't know what, I don't know. There was a lot that, to that, look at, you know. So I mean, there's yeah. a lot to look at. I'm sure I actually missed some things within New Asgard, but um, uh, surprised no one's asked us about the goats yet, Connor. Yeah. What you Connor? What did you think? What did you think about the goats? Oh man, the goats—they're just the best characters of all time. I hope they return in all the films. I—I uh, I, I laughed at them quite a bit. They—they're uh, they're stupid. They have—they—they uh, they like to scream, and uh, that's. Uh, I hope they do return. That's—that's that's my uh, opinion. They, I mean, yeah, I think I think there's a, I mean, we didn't have a huge audience at the screening, but I mean, it, they did they they did pull out some laughs from the audience, just those two goats um, in the movie. So, yeah, yeah, very. Sometimes it hit, and sometimes I was like, okay, it's a little too much. Come on, 
so. when when they introduce the goats, that's hilarious. It is the, the, the whole the whole first five minutes with the goats. I was I was having a blast. <laughs> then it's just the same joke. Yeah, it's the same joke, but it, it, there are times where it, where listening to it did make me chuckle a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> how was Chris Hemsworth's performance in this one? I'll let you take this one, Connor. I think he's the uh, the best he's been, in my opinion. I, I think, I mean, I he's fantastic in Endgame. Uh, I, I think, I mean, pretty much the level, same performance as from Endgame to here. I, I don't think he's really, he's kind of nailed that character now. I, I don't really, I don't have anything wrong with his character, especially when he's on screen with Portman. Uh, he's great. And yeah, I, I just, I think he's, any. Anything with him and any weapon he wields is just the best. And I think he, he comes into his own whenever he's he's holding a weapon of some sort. Yeah, I think I think Taika brings out the best in Hemsworth and this character, you know. And I like just as the Russos did in in Infinity War and Endgame. Same I mean those I, I really like I really liked Hemsworth's performance in this. And yeah, I mean, his chemistry with Portman is really good. It's really good in this movie. So. That's really exciting to hear. Yeah, yeah. Hemsworth's great, man. And he's, oh God, he's fucking, he's just, you've seen it from the trailer. He's just jacked in this movie. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> Do you guys think the post-credit scenes mattered? I mean, I don't need it. To know if there's cameos or not but are, are they jokes or do they matter i think one of them matters but I, i'm not i'm not a big like comic book person so i i can't tell you for sure if they're following through on any comics but i think one of the two uh seems like it's definitely leading into something i would agree uh, I, I would agree I'm with really that i'm really excited about it i would agree with that too the first one connor i don't want to spoil anything but i'm going to ask you I can't see that being a whole movie. I can see that being like the first 15 to 20 minutes of the next Thor film, but I can't see it being a whole movie. I don't know if, if it's uh, cause it seemed like I'm trying to figure out a way to say it without spoiling anything. It seemed like it was just kind of uh, enlisting for more characters to show up. I, I didn't think it was just stopping with that one character, but I mean, maybe it is just stopping with that one character. Hmm. Uh, it, it seemed like it was. Uh, it was. I don't know. I, I think it could. It depends who whose hands are on the project. But I, I think they could potentially make it into an entire film. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We'll. Uh, yeah. We'll see. I, I would personally be down for if the the actor playing that character would uh, just write it because I, I love that that oh. actor's writing. Yeah. Oh my God. I will say this uh, that uh, listeners of the podcast. They'll know this name if you've listened before, but Paul Hart is going to absolutely love the first post-credit scene. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Nice. So it sounds like there's two post-credit scenes. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, do, do any of them drop any breadcrumbs that are you know to, for something that might take place in the wider MCU, or are they pretty much all just you know Thor sequel related? feels very Thor to me right now, but you never know. It could be something that bleeds over into Disney Plus at one point. Gotcha. Yeah, I just see it as Thor. I don't really see it going anywhere else. How'd this movie look? What'd you, what'd you think of the CGI? 
Go ahead, Connor. Okay, I, I thought it was uh, aesthetically, it's very vibrant, uh, like throughout the entire film, it's very vibrant and uh, uh, and glamorous, and I think it's very, it's very like Ragnarok Taika, like he's he's using all his colors, and there's a great, like when it, at one point in the film, when they go a completely different direction with the color scheme, I think it's just beautiful. Uh, as far as, uh, and that's like cinematography, everything, I, I personally thought it, it, was, it was a beautifully shot film. Uh, I do think that there's a few CGI moments, um, mainly during the beginning. I, I thought the CGI of one character, uh, it's in only in a little bit. I, I didn't think that that character was super great CGI, but beyond that, I mean, I, I didn't really have. And there's, there's a, uh, and Brian, do you think that those uh, we kind of talked about outside the theater, the the kind of like Jim Henson like creatures that we saw? Do you think those were like full on CGI, or do you think they were like sort of practical? That's yeah, that's a wild question. I think it, it's I think it's a mixture. I think it's I think it's practical mixed with CGI. But I could be wrong. But yeah, those are they're super fun looking, like very very like Jim Henson esque kind of creatures that i mean i was not expecting a, uh, something that looked that way i really love that fucking creature design a lot yeah it was awesome yeah i wish there was more of that oh i know that that was so much fun yeah i could have i could have taken a little bit more of that too that was a lot of fun uh how was the cinematography this is the same director of photography as the mandalorian I thought it was great. I honestly, I felt like visually it was great. The, the cinematography I thought was was top notch. I mean, so I, I'm in that camp with it. I think it looks beautiful. Yeah, it's a gorgeous film. How was the pacing? We know it's one of the shortest Marvel movies. I, I think it's the shortest one since Ant-Man and Wasp I read. Um, did it feel like it went by too quick? Did it overstay its welcome? I, how was the pacing? I felt like there's times when it's like, why are we still, why are we still here doing this kind of stuff when there's more, I just felt there was more important things to be handled. I don't know. That's a hard one to, to say. It's just like, by the time it's like, we get to like the third act and we get like, I'm like, I wish we would have had a little bit more time dealing with the certain things that the third act might've been more impactful to me. But I think it goes pretty quick. What do you think, Connor? I think it's it's very fast paced, but yeah, there's definitely some slow slow moments. Uh, definitely near the middle of the film, I think it kind of slows down a little too much. And I agree, it's kind of like, why are we still here? Why yeah. are we getting more of gore? Like, yeah. I, I feel like gore needed just like just they show they show those those glimpses in the Guardian ship. Of, of things that he's done and i wish they would have expanded upon that it would have made me feel more fear towards that character yes it's just there was just so much that they could have done with him that like they they sprinkled in elements that's like oh that would have been awesome let's let's see it and they 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 just don't and it's just mm -hmm. kind of it feels kind of uneven in some places yeah it, it, I, yeah that's one of the first things i told you after the movie i was just like yeah, we see these things on screens, but we don't yeah. see them within the story of the movie. And I think that would have been more impactful. So, like, if you had to tack on an extra fifteen to twenty minutes of that movie of this onto this movie to show me that shit, 
I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But yeah. Well, with that recent article that came out about you know Lena Lena Headey being sued with with her part being cut out and all that, it mentioned in there that Taika's first cut was I think they said over four and a half hours. So it, it sounds like a lot ended up on the cutting room floor. Um, do you think that that led into some of it? Like, did it have like any sort of a truncated feel at all? Like there was there were some moments that would have been better to breathe, you know, beyond this one that you were saying with stuff on screens. I mean, if they actually filmed those scenes and could have put them into the movie, that would have been that would have been great. If this was like something that they felt like they needed to do because it affected the pacing of the movie and we'll just, you know, simplify it and show you everything all in this one little scene that takes place on screens. then I think that they made the wrong choice there. And I, I, I think it would have made the. May, it would have made the villain a little bit more menacing and and everything else that happens later in the movie a little bit more impactful. And they made some other choices with the villain that I didn't care about as well, but I'm not going to get into that until we actually record the episode. Nice. I, I don't think that you need to do what you did with the villain in order to get Thor's attention in this movie. I think a, Thor's attention to this villain should be merely that he is a God butcherer. You don't need to do anything else. I don't, that's a pretty big yeah, threat on its seems... own. <laughs> right. I mean, he's yeah, yeah. Thor's a God. You've got a guy out here. Who's basically a God serial killer. You don't need to do anything else in my opinion to get his attention. That's his attention. I don't know. What do you Connor? I don't know. What do you think, man? No, I, I fully agree because it just kind of seems like what he did just kind of seemed it's just seemed needless. Like, I, I don't think it really served any purpose because like you were saying, like I, four was fearful of him because of like his history of killing all these gods. Like, there's no reason that he had to do what he did yeah. uh, to try to lure him. And I think it all just led up to that final act, big set piece that. I think we both agreed was was a little too much. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, how was the Michael Giacchino score? Go ahead, Connor. Uh, I I enjoyed it. Um, I don't think it it really stood out to me um, any any better than the the past couple Marvel films. Uh, I think Marvel generally always has like a fantastic score, and I. I I didn't really I feel like I'm on a repeat for some of these questions so sorry but I, I wasn't really wowed uh, but I also <laughs> I also wasn't really uh, I mean I I enjoyed it and I would totally listen to it on its own the the score yeah I'm kind of I, I'm kind of with you there I think like the the Guns N' Roses stuff kind of like caught me caught my attention a little bit more when they started to play GNR so I think MCU has actually kind of struggled with a lot of their scores. I mean, none of them are necessarily bad, but most of them just aren't very memorable. Mm-hmm. In, it, in my opinion, it's, yeah. I guess I guess if I think about them like right now, if I try to like think about yeah, I like if I think Inception, I think Interstellar. Though I'm just thinking Hans Zimmer, I guess. But but if uh, if I'm thinking like 
super iconic scores, I can generate it in my head. But when I think like uh, Shang-Chi or I think Black Widow or, or even farther back Iron Man, I can't really, I guess. But when I hear it on Spotify, I, I love it. But yeah, it's definitely not something so iconic that it, it's like embedded in my brain. It's like, yeah, yeah like what, we, we can all hum the Avengers theme, but that's about the yeah. end of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, but I, you know, I think not every movie, but like you look at movies like, you know, the Batman and, and, uh, you know, what Hans Zimmer did in Man of Steel and stuff like that. That, that music stands out within the movie itself. Yeah. The music that stands out in this movie is going to be fucking Axl Rose, you know, like belting out, <laughs> you know. Sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. Giacchino is kind of a backup band to Axl Rose in this. I mean, you can kind of <laughs> see that coming. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, did you guys like have any moments of, like genuine surprise watching this, like something that snuck up on you, really didn't see coming? I I did um, during that. There's that big in the trailer, the big uh, kind of like I don't remember the ex- actual place, but I always just call it to people the like Olympus place that they go and Zeus is there and all the gods. There's something that happens within there that I wasn't expecting, but then it it just feels kind of. Like it was for all for nothing. Yeah, it, it, shocked, it shocked me, and when it happened, it shocked me, and I was like, I was like, oh no! And then it, it just, it just kind of felt like it was for nothing. I would agree with that, and yeah, I think it's called Omnipotent City. Oh, okay. Right, I think that's the name of that. That's what I saw in, in the research I was doing yeah. leading up to this. Yeah. Okay. Uh like. There's just, I guess, shock for me is just like, this is what, you know, like doing my trailer breakdowns, like this is what I theorized about this thing. And then to see that not happen or to see it happen, I was just kind of like, whoa. So, you know, what do you think, Connor? Do you think that there's going to be memes out there that are comparing uh, certain, um, a certain thing that happens with Korg to a certain Jim Carrey movie. Now I'm trying to think what Jim Carrey movie is. The Truman Show. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not the Truman Show. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm sorry, Brian. I, don't, I can't link it to a Jim Carrey movie for some reason. Oh, God. What do I have to do? Hold on. I'm going to pause. All right. Yeah. Connor gets it now. <laughs> yep, I do. <laughs> Took me a minute. Uh, uh, how'd you feel about the, the new abilities that Mjolnir has in this? Underused, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I, I feel like I barely even saw any new abilities um the 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 bit at the third act was was cool but i i uh i didn't really think we got much so i feel like they kind of um the bits with all the weapons like i don't i'm just gonna drop it but the really great thing with the weapons that is fantastic but I, i don't think they're anything really stood out as far as their their tricks yeah i mean you know you joe you're talking about what we see in the trailer with mjolnir not being basically reforged but just like reformed and how it like splits off yeah Mm -hmm. i mean it it comes into the play into in the movie um 
man, that would have been so much cooler had we not seen it in the trailers. Because besides that, there's really nothing new with Mjolnir that I can really Okay, that's pretty much the only thing that... Okay, yeah, that is too bad that they let that go in the trailer, though. Yeah. Um, This is more just kind of a fun question. How was the exercise montage? (laughs) We got to see little clips of it in, in, you know, the the second and third trailers. It was uh, non-existent. (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) Oh, shit. I mean, it was there. Uh, it wasn't a montage, though. It was just a little scene. Okay, I so, I mean, wow. No, the, it, it almost makes it, it feel like the trailer showed it, it all. Do you think it, it was a montage? I mean, they're showing different, like, scenes of him, you know, training. It wasn't a full, like, fucking... It wasn't like watching Rocky Four and they're playing a whole song. <laughs> That's why I wasn't sure if it was going to be something no. like that. Or and not. I think that that would have been showed. that would have been incredible had they played an entire song like they do in the Rocky movies. Um, it's yeah, it's it's a truncated montage. Then I'll give it that. Let's say that. <laughs> okay, I gotcha. <laughs> Um, okay, well, if if you had to boil your experience down with this movie to to just one word, what would that be? Hmm. It's not going to be. The, I'll tell you the word. It's not going to be like it's not going to be satisfying, but I would say. Oh man! And my, I mine's super basic. My uh, the first word that popped in my head right when it went is that was fun. I don't mm. think it was anything above fun. I, I think it was just I think Taika made a fun movie uh, with a lot of problems. Just uh, I think it's one to have fun with. So let's take it with fun. Oh, right on. Oh man, I would. I want to say something that I would say heart. This movie has a lot of heart. Yeah. I would say heart because I agree with fun because it is fun. But I'd say heart. This movie has its own has its own heart. Excellent. I'm so excited to see this. Um, I'm glad that I got tickets for opening night and it is the countdown is really on now less than a week to go and so excited i got to hear all these details (laughs) yeah man yeah i'm glad that you were able to join us and ask us the questions and i don't know jake did you have any final questions you know i I don't want to lean into spoiler territory so i i'm pretty good now i'm definitely like i'm it's a weird feeling i'm more excited after hearing you guys talk but more worried you know it's it's interesting i wouldn't be i can't wait to I wouldn't be worried. Here's the thing, Jake. One of the things that you said on a previous episode was like, I'm worried about Taika's handling of this particular villain. If that was handled completely different, it would be a Tupperware for me. Like, he would have knocked it out of the park. But I feel like some of that stuff that you talked about that you really wanted was sacrificed in order to kind of do... um, a repeat of what we all loved in Ragnarok. And I think you could have done both here. 
because man, he fucking knocks it out of the park with you know some of the humor. He knocks it out of the park with the whole uh, love story with Jane and Thor. There's really just like this very um, uh, this excellent actor here of Christian Bale, where I feel like they should have put a little bit more time into the story of the villain, and that's kind of like the biggest weak spot of this which knocks it down to a taste it but for me i think that audiences are still gonna love this and people are really gonna enjoy this movie a lot and i think some people are not gonna be as critical as me when they watch this movie um but we'll see we'll see i i don't think that there's any way that either one of you are gonna or anybody listening is gonna walk into this movie and leave and just be like oh my god that was awful yeah, unless you hated Ragnarok. Unless so you hated Ragnarok, yeah. But um, I think he doubled down on what we like from Ragnarok, but didn't give us. I didn't. I don't think he gave us like gore fans the gore that we've always kind of like wanted to see on screen. And it's not the first time Marvel's done this, in my opinion. I think they did. I think they did Ultron dirty too. Yeah. yeah. So. But yeah, man, people are going to like this. And it, this is one that I, I, I'm still looking forward to watching it again, seeing it in IMAX. And I've got tickets to see it again in 3D the very next day. I'm very much looking forward to seeing this movie again because I do think the strong parts of this movie, like the Mighty Thor stuff, the relationship between Thor and Jane Foster, I think like that stuff is so good that I can't wait to see it again. Hey, Brian, can yes. I ask you a question real quick? Go for it. So how would you, uh, as far as just the four movies, how would you rank them at this moment? I would say, whew, man, I would say uh, number four, Thor the Dark World, number two, Thor. Uh, excuse me, number three, Thor, number two, Love and Thunder, and then number one, Ragnarok. All right. Where are you at? Well, of course, Dark World's at the, the bottom. Uh, but uh, then I would say, I would say Ragnarok uh, is first. Uh, second to me is actually four. I just I have a soft spot for the first one. It's, it was actually I think the first Marvel film I watched. I have a, a soft spot for it. And then, uh, yeah, and then this one. It comes in num- number three, yeah, and then and then a really really big step in the other direction is is Dark World. I don't I don't talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hearing hearing your thoughts about gore is is actually kind of strangely reassuring to me in a way. Um, that was the big, biggest worry going into this. I'm such a huge fan of the Jason Aaron comic, and you know the the very initial disappointment was seeing that artwork on that Lego box and and then you know once the trailer came along it just looks so different from the portrayal in the comics and I I think hearing what you guys have said tonight really kind of puts me in a place mentally where I'm not going to go in with really tremendous expectations on that and so it might actually help my viewing of the movie yeah um yeah, because I'm I'm really in the same place as, as you are, Brian, when it comes to this comic book. I mean, I hold it up very high. It's, oh yeah, it's it's one of those ones that I recommend to people all the time, 
where it's like, you know, if you if you've never read comics and you're interested in getting into something you don't know where you want to start, definitely pick up that Jason Aaron Thor run. It's so good. Yeah. It's, it, and and he stayed on the character for so many years and everything he did with it is really damn good. Um well, so, you- I mean that that the book's always held such a huge place in my heart. And you'll always have the book, man. You will always have that book. It's just uh the, I the, I don't think that Gore is going to leave that lasting impression on cinema goers that I think if you can if if there was a survey that they hand out at the end of this movie and they asked you about like how would you rank these Marvel villains I don't know if Gore is going to be right at the top um especially a week removed from the movie if people aren't having suffering from shiny new toy syndrome. Um, I don't think that this movie is going to, I don't think that the the character is just going to be like this memorable kind of villain. I think leaving the movie, the things that you're going to remember the most are the interactions with Jane Foster and Thor and that love story. Like that's going to be like, you know, if you had to rank different things in this movie that were done well, I think that's what people are going to check off first. It's like, yeah, that love story. And I think Gore comes later on down the road. So, um, but yeah, Joe, I, I, I yeah, temper your expectations a little bit. <laughs> yeah, consider them tempered. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Guys, I want to thank you so much. Joe, thank you for joining us on this bonus episode. Where can people find you, dude? Yeah, you can find me on StartCast. That is my podcast. I do have uh, conversations with people. There's generally a new episode every Saturday. Connor, thank you so much, first of all, for, uh, you know, inviting me to the screening of Thor Love and Thunder and um, second of all, for basically supporting our podcast and, and being a good friend. Um, and where yeah, so can where can people find you, man? Yeah, it's uh, Cinefied.com. Uh, we post uh, movie review, TV reviews uh, four times a week or more. Uh, we should have our official uh, for Love and Thunder review up, I believe, Tuesday night, if not Wednesday morning. I forget when the embargo officially lifts, but we will have it up. I think it's in the morning at nine mountain time or something like that. I can't remember what um, they put. Tuesday or Wednesday. Do you remember? Uh, it's on the fifth. Yeah. Okay. That's so Tuesday. Tuesday. All right. Tuesday. Come to the site on Tuesday. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, I, I will try to remember to, um, link your review for Thor 11 Thunder in our spoiler review. So you'll be able to, click on the link in our show notes and then check out uh connor are you doing the review yourself i am yes there you go yeah um so yeah uh click on that and go to cinefied.com fantastic website for movie reviews like if you're looking for i mean you guys cover a lot of movies and it's not just the marvel stuff i mean it's anything from science fiction to the to the uh independent films you guys do a lot of movie reviews over there you put a lot of work into your reviews and i've always appreciated you being a listener and i've always been a fan of yours too and what you're doing over there and you can go to our website and actually click on the cinefied um link as well i love the new name dude Thank you. Yeah, I, I always appreciate your support as well. So thank you so much. I love the new name of the 
of the website. I, I, and and you guys were recently featured uh, on uh, the Lightyear, some of the Lightyear stuff marketing that they put out there. You had your quote. It's at cinefied.com. I was like, yeah, holy was, shit, man, that's Disney, dude. Yeah, that was uh, that was crazy when they reached out to me on Twitter. If they use our uh, our tweet review, uh, and that I I've been asked a couple times throughout the past uh, couple of years if that they could use something for marketing, and I've I've never actually had it ever be used for marketing, and it was absolutely crazy that the first person that actually used it for marketing was was Disney. Yeah, so I was. Awesome. We've had that happen once with one of our articles and they didn't use it. And it was something that Quentin wrote for a horror movie and they didn't use it. And I was. It it gets your hopes up and you get super hyped and then you look all around because they don't tell you when they use your quote. You just got to be on the lookout. So it's it's, uh, very stressful. Yeah, (laughs) but to see that, can you imagine like if they throw that on the cover of the Blu ray? Like you're immortal, yeah, no, that, you're immortalized, man. Yeah, that, that would be fucking awesome. Be so cool. Yeah, that's that's the dream is to to be encapsulated like that or on the movie poster. Movie poster, yeah, yeah that's huge too. That's huge. But uh, guys, thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode. And uh, in uh, yeah, in in about a week and a half. In about a week and a half, we'll have our regular spoiler episode up for everybody to... I can't wait to hear what Jake and Joe think of it. And maybe, I don't know, it sounds like maybe just us talking about it, (laughs) Jake and Joe might be a little bit more prepared for this one and come out and, like, you know, absolutely love this Yeah, I mean, you might have the same experience, too. I mean, you you have the luxury of seeing it already and then letting it sit in your head a bit and then seeing it again in a week. And I, you may feel completely different now that your expectations have also been kind of lowered when it comes to the handling of gore and other aspects. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you'll see it differently, too. I'll watch. I'm definitely I'll be in the theater watching it a couple more times. And there's definitely some stuff I can't wait to see again. Um but uh, yeah, we will be back again. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Connor. Go to Cinefied.com, download and subscribe st- episodes of Startcast. You'll, you'll love it. Joe is a great host. And we will see you later. See you. Laters.